All right, Manitoba, welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Real fast, Manitoba, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show, uh, especially sharing. It really does help. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube. It's Manitoba Freethinker. Uh, MB Freethinker on TikTok, Twitter, Minds Liberty. If you want to send me an email, you could send it to mbfreethinker at gmail.com or you can go to my website, mbfreethinker.wordpress.com and get all the audio-only shows. All right, Manitoba, real fast, I want to do say a a special thank you to uh, those who have um, been with me all along. This is uh, episode number 50 of the audio-only version. I've only done about 10 or so on Facebook, like a video version, but uh, this is actually number 50 of the audio-only, so... Uh, hopefully I'm getting a little bit better, but either way, Manitoba, so thank you so much for, uh, tuning in, but, um, I'll start off with some good news, um, minimum wage increased in Manitoba over the weekend, so the provincial minimum wage in Manitoba increased over the weekend and now sits at 1350, um, the change was the first of three scheduled increases that will see the provincial minimum wage go from eleven ninety five an hour to fifteen dollars by October first, twenty twenty three. The province announced a scheduled increase over the summer after Saskatchewan announced its minimum wage would be increasing, which would have left Manitoba with the lowest in Canada. Uh, The next increase will be April 1st, 2023, and we'll see the minimum wage go to $14.50 an hour. So, like I said, that is some good news to start off Manitoba because, well, I guess depending on how you look at it, it doesn't last long. Um, The big news, I guess, of the week, the legislative uh, encampment is gone. And uh, some members have been arrested. To be perfectly honest, Manitoba, I haven't been paying too, too much attention. There's a lot of people on Facebook that have been paying a lot more attention to this. Um, So I'm not 100% sure exactly what they wanted. Um, But just like the trucker convoy, it is gone. Uh, From CTV News. Winnipeg police say seven people are facing charges after officers stopped an attempt to expand an encampment on the Manitoba legislative grounds. Around 40 police officers, along with Manitoba conservation officers, were seen at the ledge on Tuesday afternoon, a day after officers stopped an encampment from growing. The Winnipeg Police Service said in a news release Tuesday, officers provided a safe work environment for Manitoba legislative staff to dismantle the structures. This comes after police were on site Monday in response to information that occupants were bringing in building materials to expand the North Camp's footprint by building a new teepee. And actually, I have seen the callouts on Facebook for that as well. Uh, They were trying to put up the third teepee to complete what they're calling the Law Lodge. Um, Quote, poles were laid on the ground forming a border to delineate their claimed space. Legislative security officers and police advised participants to cease bringing in the materials as it was contrary to the Legislative Security Act, the the release said. Despite verbal warnings, uh, the group formed a long human chain preventing officers from carrying out their duties 
and providing cover for individuals bringing in materials such as wooden poles 30 feet in length. WPS said Tyler Demarchuk, 27, Patrick Nealon, 34, Aaron Lee Dumas, 45, Eduardo Alberto Barahona, 55, Crystal Lisa Carrion Jensen, 35, Monique Cusin, 36, and Ashley Catchaway, 39, were charged uh, with obstructing peace officers and deposit items in the legislative precinct that support extended stay. So, uh, yeah, they brought all these um, bylaws um, in regards to the Freedom Convoy. So none of these charges have been tested in court. Meanwhile, at least three people associated with the encampment were taken away by police on Tuesday while other members left voluntarily. The encampment was set up in spring, and it has been adorned with signs and flags highlighting a variety of issues, from the discovery of unmarked graves at residential schools to COVID-19 restrictions to conflict in the Middle East. Originally, there was one TP, and then a second was added in the summer. The protesters had planned to build a third Monday and put the call out on social media, like I said, I saw that, for supporters to help them build a, quote, law lodge. Excuse me. The government passed a law in the spring, and like I said, that was due to the uh, trucker convoy, that forbids encampments on the legislative grounds and bans people from supplying generators, firewoods, and uh, firewood and other goods. People who break the rules can be evicted from the grounds and face up to $5,000. Justice Minister Kelvin Gortzen said in a statement Monday, security concerns had escalated over the past few weeks, citing verbal assaults and threats to staff and visitors. Real fast, Manitoba, I'm going to say I cannot trust tr- trust anything that guy says because I was there every day at the trucker convoy and they were saying that the um, protesters were racist and there were Nazi flags and none of that was true. So who knows if this is true? He said, uh, but I'll continue. He said Tuesday he wants uh, the legislative grounds to be a place People feel safe to visit, work, and protest. Yeah, okay, buddy. Quote, this is an appropriate place to protest, but there are safety concerns when people come and don't leave and make it a permanent place. And those were demonstrated over the last number of weeks. End quote. The progressive conservative government has been faced with encampments since last summer. The first one, which is ongoing in the east lawn of the grounds, is in response to the discovery of unmarked graves at residential school sites. Gortzen said police will ultimately decide whether to dismantle or carry out other enforcement at that camp. Quote, we're not giving direction in terms of how or when things should happen, but we do create legislation for the safety of individuals, and we expect that those laws ultimately are enforced. End quote. So there you go, Manitoba. Like I said, it is gone. But I really, really wish I could have made it to this. This is the whole um, getting to the point of today's show, uh, the politics side. I'm just in a 10-week course in Red River, so I'm pretty freaking busy with studying and homework and all that stuff. So I couldn't make it out, but um, shots fired once again. And I'm sure as as we get closer to the civic election... Um, more dirt is going to be thrown. Um, but I am happy that it's being directed at these two, especially Glenn Murray, who, who uh, according to polls conducted, is leading 
by a lot to be our next mayor. So I love when uh, Dirt's brought up about his past failures um, from CBC News. And you know what? <laughs> CBC News, of course, they're going to attack non-liberals. I'm not even sure what Glenn Murray is, but I know he ran for the Green Party. I don't think he's a liberal. But um, what do they have to say? Scott Gillingham, Glenn Murray take fire from rival candidates at Winnipeg Mayoral Forum. Man, I wish someone recorded this. Looney, Motlock takes shots at Gillingham policies. Ouellette suggests Murray does not belong on stage. Ooh, shots fired. Six of Winnipeg's 11 mayoral candidates shared a stage on Monday evening, but only two of them wound, wound up taking fire from their colleagues. Scott Gillingham, Kevin Klein, Sean Looney, Jenny Motluck, Glenn Murray, and Robert Falcon Ouellette took part in a 104-minute mayoral forum organized by the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg at the Barney Theater in Tuxedo. In response to questions presented at a time, all the candidates denounced anti-Semitism, affirmed Israel's right to exist, and repeated pledges they issued earlier in the six-month mayoral race. Looney said, sorry, Looney and Motluck also criticized policies exposed by Gillingham, the two-term city councilor for St. James, who was running a distant second to Murray in a probe research poll conducted in September. Looney called Gillingham's promise to widen Keniston Boulevard and extend Chief Pegasus Trail irresponsible, claiming the two projects are low on Winnipeg's infrastructure priority list. Montluck poked fun at Gillingham's pledge to restart a pair of joint Winnipeg Police Service RCMP task forces, pointing out the police chief who cancelled those efforts, Danny Smythe, was selected in 2016 when Gillingham chaired the Winnipeg Police Board. I mean, he it, I can't fault him. He's not going to know what the police chief is going to do, but I do blame him for the state of our city. He is a sitting previous sitting uh, city councillor. Gillingham was board chair when the search committee selected Smythe through Council Jeff Browdery had just taken over as chair when the appointment was approved. Former Winnipeg mayor and Ontario Liberal MPP Murray also singled out, was also singled out Monday. Oh, he is a liberal. I'm surprised CBC went after him. Although he was not mentioned by name on stage. That's an interesting approach. Quote, no matter what you do, at the end of the day, you need a moral leader who will stand up for what is right in our city, that there are certain actions which are unacceptable in our city, and there are times as a leader you must say the truth and speak that truth, Ouellette said. There are times as a leader you must say the truth? It, shouldn't that be always? And I don't think you really have to be a leader to speak the truth. Uh, and so I speak it here today, and I hope people understand what it is I'm talking about, because it's certainly unacceptable for us to be here on this stage altogether. Bro, speak your truth. Like, just say it. Don't hide around, like, innuendos or whatever. After the form, after the form Ouellette clarified he was referring to Murray. A little too late, buddy, come on. I think that there's a huge moral issue there. I think if you want to lead a city at the end of the day, you have to have the moral authority to be able to do so, Ouellette said in the theater lobby. Well, like I said, a little too late. 
Uh, Murray declined to comment. CBC News found Murray was forced. <laughs> this is the funny part. CBC News found Murray was forced out of his job at the Penman Institute after only one year following complaints about his management, according to former staff, a former board member, and other communications obtained by CBC. That inv- investigation also revealed allegations Murray drank too excessive at Pemina's social functions, engaged in sexual innuenda in the workplace, and grinded against an employee on a dance floor in March 2018 at a Pemina social event in Banff. So Murray, uh, Murray likes to get it on. That employee said that there were no witnesses and that he reported the event to a supervisor and several colleagues, but did not take the issue any further. Murray denied the allegation last week and said nothing of that nature was ever brought to him by Pemina's leadership or board during or after his time at the organization. The six forum participants presented on Monday were the top-ranked candidates in the most recent probe research poll of Winnipeg's voter intentions. Idris Adelikin, Rana Bukhari, Chris Classio, my bad, Rick Schoen, and Don Woodstock were not invited to the debate. Classio and Woodstock attended as spectators. Good job, guys, for just showing up anyways. And I'll just straight up say this bullshit that they weren't invited. Like, have them all or have none of them. I'm tired of people, like, selecting who who is, like, the front runners. Let Winnipeg decide. Have everyone. Uh, so just so you know, Winnipeg advanced polling is open uh, until October 21st. Opens in October 21st. So it is super important that we elect, uh, elect the right people or else <laughs> we get this. Like... This drives me up the wall. Manitoba, is this not two years too late? Like, where the fuck was this guy? From SteinbeckOnline.com, Piney Reeve says border restrictions were, quote, unnecessary and terrible. Bro, where the fuck were you for the last two years? He comes out and, and wants to make us think about this after all restrictions are dropped like literally all of them give me a break buddy you're not a leader like grow a pair man come on unvaccinated residents of southern manitoba can now re-enter canada without being tested or being required to quarantine upon their return are we like the last nation in the on the fucking globe to return to normal like, that's why I have on the, like, in the description, like, in quotes, King Trudeau. Like, it's insane what this guy gets away with. And then we have, like, elected officials waiting until everything is open up and all the restrictions are gone before he wants to say something. A cabinet order affecting mandatory vaccinations, testing, and quarantine of international travelers, travelers expired first thing this morning. That's October 1st. It also spells the end of insisting travelers use the Arrive Can app. Wayne Anderson is reeved for the rural municipality of Piney. He says that he is very glad the border restrictions have lifted. Quote, the border closure were unnecessary in my opinion, and I don't know why they did that, says Anderson. Quote, that was just terrible. Two years too late, buddy. Where the fuck were you? According to Anderson, these restrictions were extremely cumbersome for their elderly population 
and it was uh, and it was the required use of the Arrive Cam app that made it most frustrating. Quote, we have very poor cell service, he explains. If you had to do the Arrive Cam app and you don't have cell phone or you're an elderly person with no computer skills, how do you do an Arrive Cam app? End quote. I mean, that's what all Canadians were saying forever, but... Anderson says many of his residents drive down to Rosso, Minnesota to see a doctor, but during the last two years, a lot of them opted to skip their doctor's appointments rather than go through the hassle of following government-imposed orders. He notes trying to then find a doctor in Steinbeck or Winnipeg proved to be very difficult for his residents due to a shortage of physicians. Yeah, no doubt. Quote, it's been really trying times for elderly people, end quote. When asked whether he was surprised whether news, uh, when the news came about Ottawa, about these border restrictions would be lifted October 1st, Anderson said he knew that eventually that they would have to come around and see the common sense of it. Quote, but it sure takes a long time to change their minds, he points out. And now that those travel mandates have been eliminated, Anderson says it should be business as usual again for his residents. So like I said, Manitoba, the whole point of that bullshit article was to point out uh, how important it is that we elect the right people. Because uh, we'll get people like this who come out when it's safe. You know what I mean? They don't want to stir no feathers. Finally, Manitoba. Should we like give a round? Our provincial conservatives finally realize they're not liberals and they don't have to just follow along with Justin Trudeau in every single thing he does. Like, Pallister, where were you, buddy? About time. And of course, it's never Manitoba that leads. It's always that we just follow the other Western provinces. The only time Manitoba leads is when it's taken away rights or taxing taxing us, its citizens. Then Manitoba will lead. Manitoba and Quebec will jump on board. But other than that, we just have to wait for Saskatchewan or Alberta to do something. And then we'll, if we get enough, if there's enough support, our, our government will slowly jump on board. But either way, I mean, I am happy that they finally fucking realized to jump on board. But I will continue from the National Post. Two more provinces join in opposition to gun buyback program that unnecessarily targets lawful gun owners. I mean, everyone knows this. So, I just, it's about time, you know what I mean? Let me see if I could zoom. There we go. Two, so, two more provinces are telling Ottawa they don't want provincial police resources to be used for proposed gun buyback program set to collect, quote, assault-style firearms this fall. Finally, Manitoba, good job. It's about time. So, uh, where was I? Sorry. The, I think that ad is literally covering up some words. The federal government said they won't use local resources to enforce a federal initiative they don't support. Christine Tell, Saskatchewan's Minister of Corrections, 
Policing and Public Safety wrote a letter to the highest-ranking RCMP officer in the province telling them not to use provincial resources for the program. Beautiful. Quote, the government of Saskatchewan does not support and will not authorize the use of provincially funded resources for any process that is connected to the federal government's proposed, quote, buyback of these firearms, she said in the letter. She said the government has uh, heard often from the RCMP that they don't have enough resources. It, uh, quote, it would seem to be counterintuitive to take our frontline resources from our provincial pol- policing service to carry out a federally mandated administrative program, end quote. Manitoba's Attorney General Kelvin Gortzen posted on Facebook that he had also written to Federal Public Safety Minister Marco Mendici, Men, Mendicino to oppose the program. Quote, we feel many aspects of the federal approach to gun crimes unnecessarily target lawful gun owners while having little impact on criminals who are unlikely to follow gun regulations in any event. End quote. Or he continues, in Manitoba's view, any buyback program cannot further erode precious provincial police resources already suffering from large vacancy rates from focusing on investigation of violence violent crime, end quote. Thank you. Alberta was the first to oppose the federal buyback program earlier this week, uh, with the province justice minister calling the program wasteful and unnecessary. It's important to remember that Alberta's taxpayers pay over $750 million per year for the RCMP, and we will not tolerate taking officers off the streets in order to confiscate the property of law-abiding firearms owners. Beautiful. The Trudeau Liberals banned approximately 1,500 weapons they described as assault-style using a cabinet order in 2020. The list of weapons to be banned include weapons used in some of the country's deadly shootings, such as the Ecole Polytech Massacre, pretty sure that happened in the 70s, and the Nova Scotia Mass Shooting. Owners will be get... <laughs> they want... <laughs> Justin Trudeau wants to ban 1,500 weapons... Because of two shootings. <laughs> um, and I'm not laughing at the fact that there are shootings. But I'm f- laughing at the fact that banning 1,500 weapons that were used in Canada's deadliest shootings. Two of them. Um, oh, owners will be given roughly 1,200 to 6,200 for the weapons depending on the make and model. The Liberals have since followed up with more gun legislation, legislation, including a proposed handgun freeze that would prevent future handgun sales. Medicino said earlier this week that Shandro's statements were regrettable and called them uh, abdication of responsibility. <laughs> what a fucking loser. He said the weapons in question need to come off the street. And like everyone's saying, criminals aren't going to listen. As we look to get these assault-style rifles, which, again, have carried out extensive massive casualties in our country, it is imperative that we work together collaboratively, he said. Uh, He said Shandro's stance was disappointed. Quote, to simply say that you're not going to cooperate, you're going to resist, does not allow us to move forward to accomplish the objective of this program. I think that's the point. Mendocino pointed out courts have consistently ruled that firearm regulation is in the hands of the federal government. 
Okay, well, Manitoba. So, finally, Gordson is pushing back against the Liberals. And, once again, they're pushing back. Common sense. They're finally standing up to Justin Trudeau. I mean, it's it's too late for me. I'll never vote PC in Manitoba again. Pallister fucking ruined that. And Heather Stephenson continued that train downhill. But I am happy and I will report when they do still do good stuff. Um, I'm just so happy that they're finally pushing back on Justin Trudeau. And again, it, they needed other provinces to to lead the way. But Manitoba PC Caucus calls on federal government to drop fertilizer reject, reduction strategy. Manitoba's Progressive Conservative Caucus is calling on the federal government to abandon its fertilizer reduction strategy. Uh, Ian Wishart, MLA for Portage of Prairie, brought forward a private member's resolution Tuesday calling on Ottawa to abandon its plan to create what he calls arbitrarily fertilizer reduction targets. Justin Trudeau and the NDP Liberal Coalition's plan to impose fertilizer reduction targets is totally irresponsible during a time of food insecurity and high inflation, said Wishart in a statement. This is harmful policy and will drive the price of drive up the price of groceries. Um, this policy will impact anyone who consumes food in this country, and like many other current federal policies, those struggling the most will be the ones who are disproportionately impacted. Ultimately, Wishart's, Wishart's resolution was passed and now has become the uh, official position of the Manitoba legislature. According to the Manitoba PC Caucus, the res- resolution follows a letter sent from Minister of Agriculture Derek Johnson to his federal counterpart, Minister Marie-Claude Bibio. So there you go. Finally, the PCs are growing a pair, and they, they realize that they're not fucking Justin Trudeau lackeys. Love it. Um, and the other part, honestly, Manitoba, this, it's already been 26 minutes. I didn't realize that I would take that long to read those articles. I was going to go over this, but may, I'll talk about it maybe on Thursday's show. But uh, not only, I mean, not only Manitoba, I'm starting to realize why that our Manitoba justice system is just a revolving door. Because... Our provincial jails are falling apart. And I actually personally know a few guards. Maybe I should try and get them on the show. They don't actually, they're not guards anymore. They quit due to this. Um, mental stress working in our Manitoba jails. So maybe that's why it's a revolving door is because literally we have nowhere to put these fucking violent criminals. But there's there's issues on both ends. I mean, the guards are suffering. So if they're having mental issues, who are they going to take it out on? You know what I mean? Former Manitoba inmate suing over cruel, inhumane, prolonged solitary confinement. So, I mean, guards are suffering. They're taking it out on inmates. Inmates are 
getting released and taking it out on the public. So it's just like one thing after the next. I was going to end off the show. See, Manitoba, I was going to end off the show in, in good news. Winnipeg Airport Authority is working to end hunger in the community. This I did not know. I don't know if you guys knew about this, but apparently they have a garden at the airport. And so it, this article just talks about how they, um, they're harvesting this year's crop and they're going to donate it to, um, who they donate it to harvest Manitoba. Harvest Manitoba. Yeah, Harvest Manitoba. So to end hunger. So anyways, that's pretty cool. I mean, why not? They have all that land there. But either way, I want to keep these shows under a half hour or half hour at the max. So I'll maybe get into these next show. But either way, Manitoba, uh, like I said, a big shout out to you guys. This is number 50 for the audio show. So hopefully I'm getting a little bit better. But like I said, the last month and for the next month, I'll still be in school. So sometimes I know these shows I'm all over the place because I don't have as much time as I would like to prepare. So, but I still want to put a show out there. Um, eventually I'm going to get to the point where I can actually respond to people talking. So shout out Robin. I do see you. Thank you for talking. <laughs> But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, a set up more properly, and I'll actually be able to respond to you guys and everything. But either way, Manitoba, that is gonna do it for today's show. So I love you guys, and I will catch you guys Thursday. Bye. Mm-hmm.